event can be purchased at brownpapertickets.com. Celebrate and welcome Oscar Lopez Rivera to the Bay Area on Wednesday, May 31st, new venue, First Presbyterian Church on Dana Street in Berkeley. For more information, email freeoscarnow at gmail.com. And you are listening to 94.1 KPFA and 89.3 KPFB in Berkeley, 88.1 KFCF in Fresno, 97.5 K248BR in Santa Cruz and online at kpfa.org. The time is 3.30. Stay tuned next for Cover to Cover with Javelin Richards. Welcome to Cover to Cover, Open Book Javelin's Bistro. It's good to be back with you. And I want to first thank our funders for supporting the station over our spring fund drive. And today I am bringing you the premiere and the last running of theater's first season play, Gila. Now, Gila, you, some of you would know, uh, is the story of Henrietta Lacks. And some of you might have seen the film that Oprah Winfrey just did of her life. And now Theater First is bringing it on the stage. And so we're just in the first runs of it. In the studio with me today, I have John Tracy with me. And then the lead, the character that uh, is being played by Henrietta is Janae. Simon. Mm-hmm. And so she's here with me. I'd like to welcome our guests and we'll fill you in on all the details and I want you to keep your ears to the radio because they've agreed to give away eight tickets in all, two sets of tickets, four tickets per person who call this coming weekend, whoever calls first gets the first weekend and then the following weekend four more of my listening audience ago. And then also on June 11th, I will be back I saw the play this uh, past Sunday for their matinee show, and uh, when I left, I had to sit in my car for a little bit and cry. It's the only show I've seen in the last couple years where it brought me to tears in a very good way. But I'll be there on the 11th uh, for the matinee show, and afterwards we'll have a chance to talk about arts and activism. And so those of you who appreciate the work that I attempt to do, uh, (laughs) if you can come out and join us and say hello to me, it would be fabulous. That's June 11th. But in the meantime, uh, when they give out, I'm going to ask both of them to give a number and a few minutes. And when they do, then you'll be that. You'll pick that number. You'll be that number caller, and that's the caller who will get again this coming weekend and following weekend. So I'm going to ask them for that lucky number. So stay tuned. All right. Hi, John. Hi, Janae. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. How are you? We're doing pretty good. Um, so tell us about the play, the work you're doing. If you can, do, first of all, what is your character? What is she playing? And so we'll know what's happening. Yeah, it's basically a love story to the Lacks family, um, you know, really telling the the history of Henrietta Lacks, who was a woman, a black woman, um, that passed away uh, at the age of 31 or so, and she left behind five children that she wanted to love. She herself lost her mother at a very young age. Uh, so it tells the story of, uh, of this woman who not only loved her children, but also had these cells that were taken from her, um, you know, with, with no explanation, no asking. They were taken from her, and these 
cells have revolutionized everything that we've done. So they're the first reproducing cells um, outside of the body. Uh, and that means that a lot of experiments were able to 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 incorporate these cells. They were used to cure polio. Um, they were used to to you know start the moving towards in vitro fertilization. They were used for so many important discoveries that we had. Um, and they were taken from Henrietta without, you know, her knowledge, without her family's knowledge. Um, and it tells the story of Henrietta having her cells taken, but also being able to, you know, through the magic of, of theater, you know, being able to try to reach back to her family. Right. And she was also called, the, she's called the mother of science. Mm -hmm. And that her cells, what I understand, if they were to be lined up, could circle the world three mm -hmm. times over. Yeah. She's, um, her cells are responsible for chemotherapy, mm -hmm. uh, for um, gene mapping and the AIDS cocktail. Mm -hmm. So this woman's cells has impacted our lives in the 20th and the 21st century. This is how essential this is to her understanding that there's no one listening to this program and out that has not been impacted on some level, friend, family, however we define it, mm -hmm. uh, that has been impacted by her cell. No human being cell has been able to survive outside of that other than Henrietta's cell. Yeah, she was the first. I think they found some ways to manipulate uh, cell lines now, but she was the first, and everything that we've learned mm -hmm. um, is really based on our dealings with her cells. Okay. And, John, you are the artistic facilitator, which I found to be real fascinating <laughs> with the language, the name of it itself. But tell us the backstory, the mission of Theater First, and then what your role inside of that is. Sure. Um... Uh, theater First is uh, has, actually has been in existence for over over 20 years, and uh, but uh, I'm celebrating um, proudly my first year as the artistic facilitator. I was hired as uh, sort of the mainstay title as artistic director, uh, but uh, we're more of a collective, and we're there to create space, make space, which oftentimes just means getting out of the way for artists to be able to tell stories and for artists to, central, to be at the center of the stories that they're telling. Um, so it seemed much more correct to retitle artistic facilitator. I, I look for ways in which I can connect uh, people to their needs and make sure that they're in a space where they can thrive. Okay. Uh, theater First itself, we just wanted, we looked at not only the Bay Area theater scene, which I've been a part of for uh, for. Uh, sizable amount of time and uh, the national scene and the international scene and there's uh, there are many different pushes towards social progress in, uh, in all of those um, uh, various scales um, and a lot of them are really tricky um, and a lot of them, a lot of folks um, and I, I don't want to judge but they feel like there's some very vague um, approaches to social progress and we decided to put some numbers to that um, if only to check and balance what we were doing if only to measure to see if we could maybe live up to them and mo most importantly 
learn from where from where we would stumble when trying trying to uh, to hold on to mandates that include that our board, our staff, and everyone involved with theater first uh, um, follow the mandates of two thirds persons of color, uh, at least fifty percent female identified, and um, a an inclusion practice of one third of everything we do looking at LGBTQIA. Um, we're already within that. Within asking those questions, we find ourselves asking more questions and more questions. And where, what else, what else can one theater company hold? Where are our natural biases? We're not an all voices theater company. There are many voices that we will not amplify, absolutely. Um, and some because we don't know what we can hold and some because they are against our politics as a, as a community. Um, these are all the many, and a small segment of the uh, of the challenges that we try to face head on every day. Small successes, sometimes falling straight on our face, and well, when, always asking more. One of the things that you did in this production um, is really reach those goals and sitting mm -hmm. in the audience witnessing that, which is a part of why it brought me to my own emotions in a really good way, right. is witnessing, as Janae said, the you the play center starts off with the the intimacy the of the family. Uh, when you first walk on stage, when you first approached this role, Janae, what was that? What did you have to prepare yourself for knowing there's this huge story that's being told first in film and now you're walking on stage to tell it? What, what, and it's a black woman whose life was made invisible by the science community and just later on was then opened up and her family was struggling with their own illnesses in the healthcare system. What was mm -hmm. that what was your process as an, an actor to go into that role and then as a as a black woman? Mm -hmm. Uh I think a lot of it is some of what you just mentioned, the the notion of kind of adding the humanity back to Henrietta. For so long, people looked at Gila as, as cells, and they were so separate from who she was as a woman, as a mother, as a wife. Um, so a lot of what I, how I approached the role was just to understand who she was. And she lost her mother at a very young age, um, and I can imagine that she would have wanted to have been there for her children. She loved her children. She um, had five beautiful children, three boys and two girls that she cared for, and you could feel that, and just trying to get into the mindset of what it would be like to to want to create this this family that you had that you hadn't gotten before, but wanted to create this family and then being taken away from that. Um, and I think a lot of it really focuses on it focuses on you know Henrietta going into space. It focuses on how fantastical her the Hela cells went into space. Um, it focuses on like how fantastical that experience was. But at the heart of it, there's a mother and a daughter trying to reach each other. There's family, uh, and I think that was one of the most important things for me to 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 dig into. The interesting thing is that there's not that much known about Henrietta. Even her daughter um, Deborah Pullen was trying to find out more about her mother you know she was asking like what hymns she listened to because there was such uh, a lack of uh, information about her as as a woman as a person and so some of the things that I held held on to was that, that you know family loving your daughter wanting to reach your daughter through impossible odds um, she loved her husband she 
wore red nails. She, you know, she had red nails. She loved to go out dancing with her with her girls, and she she was a person. And I think that's what we really tried to to convey in this. Uh, in this play is that, you know, she, her cells were taken from her and used and did all these fantastical and amazing things. She was also a woman who loved her, her girl and wanted to reach back out to her girl and, and found, you know, within the play, found a way to do so through uh, Across Impossible Odds. Yeah, I did notice that she was making it really clear to her husband to make sure you take care of Deborah, make sure you take care of Deborah. And I didn't hear that voice in regard so much as to the other children, not that they were absent, but she is the baby. And as a mother myself, and then you have the younger children syndrome, like it's like, you know, take after the baby, take after the baby, because she was able in her life to give more information to the older children. When you began to research inside of your own work to fit the role what shifted in you as a woman because i know you said that you don't have children mm -hmm. in present moment yeah but did anything shift in you in understanding as a, a woman i think there's that depth that you have you know that strength that you have as a as, as a black woman and i think just being able to embody that on stage is just one of the most powerful things, actually, um, to, to know that Henrietta went through, you know, she had cancer and was in um, unimaginable pain, unimaginable pain. Cervical cancer? Cervical cancer, yes, yes. Um, and it got to the point where, you know, they were using morphine, they were using these things, but they, they weren't touching her pain. So she went through this. Um, but then the idea that she wants to reach back out to connect that strength despite what's happening that her she has something to to ground her and to push past everything for within this play that's something that really feeling that power amidst the pain feeling that you know resilience and determination is something that um feels very empowering for me and that i look up to in her so you're listening to Javelin's Bistro KPFA, and I am talking with um, uh, Janae Simone, who's playing the lead role in Gila, which is playing at Theater First, and also with John Tracy, who is the artistic facilitator, and the show is running for the next three weekends? That's correct, till the 17th of June. Oh, my gosh, yeah. to the 17th of June. John, what's your favorite number? Right now, it feels like seven. Okay, call yeah. in number seven. Mm. You get a chance to call in, and uh, you will receive a set of four tickets for this coming weekend. And then uh, we will, in a few minutes, ask Janae what her favorite number is. And then mm -hmm. the second caller, so the caller number seven, call in. And what you'll do is you'll leave your names with Erica, and they'll be on will call this weekend. Mm -hmm. And the time, and so how has the audience has been for, I know you're doing the talk back. Let's mm -hmm. talk a little bit about the talk back, and let's talk about the audience. I know you've been getting incredible reviews about the show. Absolutely. Every time I open up my email, there's publications of the reviews. It's an incredibly exciting show with no intermission, which is really mm -hmm. sweet because it's short enough and long enough for you can f to feel and experience without being and have enough time to go home and to process. So, what's sure. it been like the reviews? Uh, the the audiences have been amazing. It's and sometimes John talks about like community. We're building this community. That's kind of what I feel in the talkbacks because, like you said, you know you saw this play and you yourself needed to go into your car and to like sit with it for a while. Mm -hmm. People 
open themselves up during the talk back and talk about, you know, their lives, their experiences with cancer, their mother's experiences with cancer. It's just, it feels like people aren't, are not only just learning about Henrietta and talking about the science of it, but they're also connecting it like a, a deeper level, talking about their own kind of experiences or, you know, health experiences and what have you. Um, and that's something that I maybe should have anticipated but didn't anticipate but it's been a very humbling experience for me to be able to just be in a room where people feel comfortable enough and empowered enough to do that to talk at a, a deeper level so it becomes a universal experience where a lot of times people don't have an opportunity to share their personal stories particularly around cancer and other cha challenges and losing loss of mother loss mm. of family loss mm. of childhood and so this space definitely my reaction to the play is i had not experienced the language that i was hearing from the husband and wife i have not witnessed that on stage <laughs> And it was so tender to witness a man and woman, African-American um, man and woman, be able to going th to be open up the play with their tenderness, hmm. their playfulness. <laughs> and that's like, it dawns on me like, wow, black love and intimacy is not as available in mainstream hmm. as I would like it. So afterwards, I, I was taken aback hmm. beautifully. And then had to go to the car just to process that yeah. and realize we do need more of that on stage of all people's stories on stage, the intimacy of it. So absolutely. Mm -hmm. And so, John, yeah. what have some of the critics been saying? And I'm not language critic, but what have the people been talking about? What has been the, the, their takeaway? Well, I think the great thing about... Um, Everything that we're hearing is that it, it's the, it's it's a full spectrum of questions and ideas and such such an outpouring of love. Um, it's it, it, people are engaged and that's 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 uh, has to be the heart of it. You know, we uh, we're, we're we're trying to if if when we try to explore what a social justice theater company means, especially and then anytime you say a statement like that, like oh, like this, you know, the, all these words they get reduced. Social justice is so many things, but um, but uh, how how and that we're we are a space that wants to develop everything from the ground up. Um, how, how, how do these things grow towards real engagement to go back to that? And, uh, that's one of the reasons to, to, to harken back, uh, why the shows that we've done so far this year, um, rest around 70 to 90 minutes tops because we want them to be prompts to these community discussions, which have been, um, so illuminating for both, uh, for, for, for everyone in the room. Uh, some of them, uh, some of the early ones went on. I remember coming to, uh, 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 one of, one of our performances of verses that we did earlier this year and the discussion that happened afterwards went on almost till midnight. You know, there were 40 people that stayed and just kept the conversation moving. These are the things that we're See, really excited about. That, that's hot. Yeah. That's, that's, that's hot. real stuff. Yeah. And the people are feeling, you know, step by step their own bravery or what we hope what we want to build is you know the 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 sacred word of trust mm -hmm. that they can also scrutinize mm -hmm. that's really powerful that's really necessary in what we do as well is that there are so many things to be looking at when you're telling anyone's story and where people enter and where people feel removed um 
experiences are real and we want to make space for that too real vital space um, the, uh, the other thing that I'd like to throw in just so and I'd love your listeners to know about is because we are a development company that also means that we're developing our place all the way through closing night so if you come and see it one night it may be different if you see it a different night and the way that we deal with that is that if you buy a ticket to our show you your ticket becomes a voucher it means you can come back at any other performance during the run for free that's to see what, where we go. That's why I was fixing to go next. And my yeah, question, no. I want to make sure I heard you correctly <laughs> that day. I don't know yeah. if you saw me from the audience, but I was smiling like you. And I'm thinking, did he just say that you can take? Yeah. How does that number work? But you, we can talk about that off here. Because yeah. I was like, how does that work out? Like if the house is full from people buying tickets and if someone shows up, a group, a busload of folks yeah. with their tickets, we would love that to be our issue every night, um, but you know we have a we have we've 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 shifted our space from it used to be the Live Oak for many for up to you know last year was it 140 seats. Where is it located again? It's 1301 Shattuck Avenue and it's in the Live Oak Park. It's been there for over 50 years. Um, we've moved it into a 105 seat space. What it does also mean is that we can. Um, Easily, if we have overflow, we can easily set them legally. Fire marshal, hear me legally um, <laughs> on 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 many a folding chair and bench if necessary. Okay. We're going to make sure people get okay. in. If people okay. are going to show up to our to our house, they're going to get in. Yes, yeah. yes, and I'm hoping to see some of the folks who may know me that are listening uh, on June 11th when I have an opportunity to see the show again and to see what changes have been made and then to be able to be a part of the talk back. Shanae, yeah. what's your favorite number today? It's 27. Oh, my gosh. Number two. Oh, my gosh. She's going to make sure that Erica. Oh, Erica, I love you. Or it could be, it could be the union of two and seven, which is nine. Erica. <laughs> uh, so number nine or two and seven, whichever comes mm-hmm. with. Well, we know which comes first, but just handle your business and you'll be coming the following weekend. <laughs> and Michael, she's funny. Uh, you see how Erica looks at you. <laughs> so, all right. So now we in our last like eight minutes. Who? I love the creation of the the the. I don't want to say the director. But did you create the way people move on stage, John? No, no, um, not not at all. Uh, we, uh, the director for this show, right. Evan Ojkin, okay, as uh, you know, I, I'm going to pause. Turn to the actor that worked with Evren for yes, some time. Yes, because that was some fast. Yeah. I was really, I, I always wondered, like, oh, where did that come from? And I don't want to give it away, but there's certain scenes that was very um, um, put together to give an illusion of what what the intentions were, and it worked really well. <laughs> and the light design, mm. uh, Stephanie Johnson. Yeah. Yes, absolutely, that worked really well. So tell us about the director and what was that like working with well, the entire process was really amazing. So, um, you know, you uh, we have our writers, Lauren Gunderson and Gita Reddy, um, and uh, Evan Ochkin, who was the director, uh, Lisa Mira Rollins, who was our dramaturg. Uh, it was 
really fascinating to be able to work collaboratively. You know, we had a couple of read-throughs. We were able to give feedback, um, and that continued throughout the process. So uh, the writers would be able to, like, Skype in and watch us or listen to us, see us, um, you know, in the space, and then see, you know, what's working, what's not working, what's working for us, what's not working for us. And that was how this entire process was really shaped. And how long did that take? Well, from beginning to when? I believe we started rehearsing um, in mid-April, but we did a couple of read-throughs throughs prior to uh, rehearsing. So, you know, when the script was 30 pages. <laughs> um, <laughs> and the script has gone through so many different renditions that it's been really fascinating to, to kind of look and see what has stayed, what hasn't stayed. We also had, uh, you know, brought in community members and they were able to watch uh, and give their own feedback, um, oh, wow. which was in turn incorporated. So that was a very collaborative process. This is really community. I'm very excited because this is... I know that, John, you said earlier that other... Uh, Companies have had the same template, and that you've they all borrowed from it, like the uh, San Francisco Mime Theater, yeah. bringing it, being very inclusive and community. Sure. But I, I have not had had the chance. I'm a writer. I spend a lot of time in solitude, and I don't go out a lot. But this my this is my first, so <laughs> proud to announce. Yeah. Now. You made such a transformation on stage. Like when I met you today for the first time, and speaking specifically uh, to playing the lead of Henrietta and Gila, the play that's running at uh, Theater First, I would not, as I said, I wouldn't know you, which is a kudos to your performance because mm-hmm. you're acting. You were a whole, well, looking at you now, I would think that if someone says, guess what she does, mm-hmm. I would say she hangs out listening to music, being real chill, maybe <laughs> do doing, do. maybe <laughs> do, doing some yoga stuff, you know, oh, or, <laughs> 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 I like right, right. the woman, you know, your own garden, yeah. the woman on stage, the mother, mm-hmm. that's somebody's mother. Yeah. I saw that mm-hmm. mother, the washing mm-hmm. of the dishes, the, mm-hmm. the knowing of everything that's going on inside that house without having to really move around. Mm-hmm. The mother that hears, that mother's sight, uh, that hears her children. What other roles are you... And so now I'm interested in you as an, an actress, an actor. What other roles have you played in the past and what's going forward for you? Definitely. Um, and one thing that I'll say about Henrietta that's really exciting to embody is that the fact that she's a force of nature. Mm. Um, and she is someone that, you know, whether it's in regard to her actual, you know, her life with her children, with her husband, she was a force of nature, whether it's regard to with regard to, like, her cells and how they are so powerful and keep on continuing. Yeah. It's exciting to embody that space. <laughs> That's yeah. something. Um, but, yeah, I've, I've been in the Bay Area. I moved I went to school out here and moved back a couple of years ago and started to uh, get back into theater. I took a break to do broadcast journalism for a while, um, which doesn't balance well with theater. (laughs) Um, But so I've been uh, Killing My Lobster is a sketch comedy troupe that I'm a part of, that I do sketch comedy at. I'm a company member with Custom Made Theater uh, in San Francisco. I did a show with them, a play called Isaac's Eye uh, by Lucas Nath. Which was a great show, uh, yeah. And Illuminous, um, we did a two-person, a two-hander um, with them called H2O, which was delightful. And you know, it's it's a terrifying thing to be you know one of two people on a stage, <laughs> <laughs> um, but it was exciting to expand. And that's what I really love about theater. You can expand into different aspects of your own personality that you know you may be a little too uh, shy or what have you to to bring out at full 
all the time. I'm glad you came back to theater because you're absolutely fantastic to witness on stage, and, and yeah, that yeah. was a that was a deep pleasure. And very proud yeah. of you as doing. Who else, John, is in the play before we go? That the the other characters, the cast. Oh, the cast, uh, of course, as you've already, it's great to have in the room this yeah. force of nature, Janae mm-hmm. Simon, and then um, Desiree Rogers, uh, you know, who plays Deborah. Um, and then the ensemble is uh, Kari Mo mm-hmm. and <laughs> Richard Palacio, um, Sarah Mitchell, and Akemi Okamura. <laughs> I, 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 it was just like a, a, my full brain capacity right there to pull out folks' names. Yes. Well, the, okay, so in our last minute. Anything else you want us to there, our listening audience? We know the theater first, and we know the Gila's running into June 17th. We have two weekends of giveaways. On the 11th, there'll be a talk back. We know that the folks who come to the theater are sitting there to midnight to talk to one another, mm. to hear each other's stories. Anything else we need to say to folks? Um, you know, we're, we're if I can throw in, just oh. like, uh, meet us. Find us, make us better than we are, um, help shape us, let us listen, and uh, we, as I say, oftentimes, if you see something there, if you want to know more about what we're doing, we have our website, uh, theaterfirst.com, with an R-E for theater, and um, find me, John, at theaterfirst.com. I'll take you out to coffee, and we'll take it from there. Janae, I want to thank you for being my guest on Jobless Bistro. I'll see everybody on the 11th, and I'm about to go get the number, the names from Erica to put you on. We'll call. Yay. Did it first, Gila. Thank you. Bye bye. We didn't reach our fun drive goal, but we held up our part of the bargain by keeping the spring drive short. Sure, it's risky, but we believe in you. We believe that you, you, and you will step up and fulfill your promise to continue to support KPFA, your sanctuary of dissent. Help us close the gap. Please, let your voice be heard and donate today at kpfa.org. Remember, we believe in you.